Welcome, listeners, into another episode of In the Fog of Justice. The Scottish Highlands' most haunted hiking stopover, Louis Belt Bothy. On December 25th, Christmas Day 2021, the BBC aired a podcast written and hosted by Danny Robbins called Uncanny Don't Sleep in This House. This was followed by another episode named The Curse of Louis Belt. The two shows featured a Christmas hiking and climbing trip during December 1973 where two men, Phil McNeil and Jimmy Dunn, experienced a frightening series of events in a remote mountain bothy in the isolated Scottish Highlands. A bothy is a basic shelter, usually left unlocked and available for anyone to use free of charge, and they are found in remote mountainous areas of Scotland, Northern England, Ulster and Wales. When going to a bothy, it is important to assume that there will be no facilities, no running water, no sink, no beds, no lights, and even if there is a fireplace, perhaps nothing to burn. Bothies may have a simple sleeping platform, but if busy, you might find that the only place to sleep is on a stone floor. Few bothies have toilet facilities apart from a spade. Mountainbothies.org.uk describes them as, if all this sounds rather rough, you are beginning to get the picture. Your comforts have to be carried in. Phil McNeil was 18, and a member of Glasgow's Langside Climbing Club when he and his friend Jimmy Dunn headed out to the area to the east of Ben Nevis, the highest mountain in Scotland, the United Kingdom, and the British Isles, around Christmas time in 1973. The mountain has a summit of 4,413 feet, 1,345 meters, above sea level. They took the train to Baloch and then hitched a lift north to Kinloch Leven, near Fort William, from there, they set out on foot about 10 miles, 16 kilometers, to Louisbelt Lodge, deep in the Lockerber Hills. Phil and Jimmy hoped to use it as a base for their climbing trip. The building was a former deer-stalking lodge, now in ruins, and at the time the two young men headed there, the building had been used as a bothy by walkers. When they arrived at the bothy, the door was locked, but looking through the windows, the men could see dishes in the sink but no one seemed inside. They left what baggage they had with them in an outhouse and began a walk into the hills. They decided to head off to do some climbing and return to the old lodge at around 9 p.m. Phil said it was pitch dark. We shone our torches through the windows and nothing seemed to have changed. The men got inside the building through an unsecured window. They considered that because Louisbelt was so far out from any other town or village, there would be no chance of the inhabitants returning on a cold winter evening at that time of night, so they hoped they would get a peaceful night's sleep and be ready and refreshed for their adventures the following day. But once inside, they noticed something. It was much colder inside than outside, said Phil. It felt odd. It became obvious the place had been vacated very rapidly. Strangely, there was a table set for Christmas dinner, with crackers still to be pulled open. It was like the previous occupants had left in a hurry. Exploring the empty building, the men saw each room was furnished and appeared to have been lived in, except the bedroom directly above the living room. Inside was a dismantled metal bed frame lying against a wall and a window with open curtains. On the windowsill, there was a large boulder made of rock. Phil and Jimmy searched the entire house, went downstairs to the living room, and got into their sleeping bags. 
Phil said. It was extremely cold and the silence was palpable. It enveloped you. Almost the minute we blew out our candle, there were noises upstairs. Nothing happened for a while, but then they heard footsteps and noises of the metal bed being put together. This was followed by what sounded like the rock from the windowsill being rolled across the floor. After that, somehow, the two men managed to drop off to sleep, believing they may have imagined some of the strange noises. But at 4 a.m., Phil said the living room erupted with the sounds of objects, including the men's ice axes, being thrown all over the place in the darkness. Phil remembered, I am absolutely petrified. Then the noise stopped as quickly as it had started, and Phil lit a candle, but it was sent flying across the room. Next, the two men heard the sound of footsteps again, but this time, moving down a spiral staircase outside the closed living room door. The footsteps rhythmically descended the stairs, one by one, in the pitch dark, until they stopped at the closed door to their room. By this stage, Phil had grabbed an ice pick and was ready to strike the intruder as he swung the door open. But no one was there. I slammed the door shut and the footsteps went straight back on the spiral staircase, emerging to the top and wandering across the bedroom above. Now petrified, the two men quickly packed up their things and exited Louisville in terror via the living room window. Before they fled to Kinlucklaven, they shone their head torches toward the upstairs bedroom window where they had seen the metal-framed bed earlier and the sound of the rolling boulder. Phil says they saw the olive green curtains were now closed. The men fled the scene. Skeptics believe the noises of the bed, rock and steps on the stairs were just another visitor to the Bothy walking around the property. But Phil dismisses this theory, believing nobody could have been hiding in the lodge or arrived after they did we would have seen their footprints in the snow. Psychologist Dr. Kieran O'Keefe and writer and Edinburgh-based paranormal psychologist Evelyn Hollow aired their theories during the Uncanny podcast. Hollow says Scotland is saturated in the paranormal and is one of the most haunted countries in the world, postulating that the source of the two men's experiences was a poltergeist. Dr. O'Keefe suggests that if there were no other people in the house, the men may have been feeling the effects of tiredness and the extreme cold or even hypothermia. He said in the program that this can influence levels of consciousness, alertness, and judgment, and may have led to everyday sounds being misinterpreted as something ghostly. Dr. O'Keefe said, at Ben Alder Cottage, similar phenomena were reported. In that case, it was found that a stag was using its antlers and banging on the side of the wall. But the strange story didn't end there after the two men returned from their Highlands climbing trip. The weird events continued at Phil's home at 39 Gibson Street in Glasgow. Phil told Danny in the second podcast that when he returned from the Bothy, he became increasingly troubled at the thought of going anywhere alone, along with the strange sensation that he was never actually truly alone. That whatever presence they had encountered at Louisville had somehow followed them to the flat he shared with fellow hiker Bill in Gibson Street. Phil explained that Gibson Street had always had a reputation for being quite a spooky spot, but he had taken these stories with a pinch of salt. He'd heard that. The building was supposedly haunted, 
and two American students had experienced poltergeist activity in the 1950s. For the first six months of 1974, Phil noticed things happening in his home that he hadn't encountered before. One day, when he pulled back the carpet in the flat, Phil uncovered a cross made of old newspaper with what he believed to be a bloodstain in the middle of it. He also found a trap door on the floor, which he found unusual, and at that moment, the fitted light bulb in his kitchen suddenly unscrewed itself, fell, and shattered on the floor. After these weird events, Phil returned to Louisville to understand further what he had been experiencing since first staying there. In 1975, Phil and Jimmy with David, a skeptical friend, hiked back to the isolated lodge in the Highlands. The three men arrived and lit a candle, but soon after, noises from outside came from the gravel path that separated the Bothy from a nearby river and sounded like someone was dragging something. The noise got closer to them until it was soon inside the house, behind the closed door of the living room where they were planning to sleep. Phil said, I clenched my fist, leaving my thumb, and my little finger extended out of my clenched hand, and that, in fact, is a demonic sign, and I cast a huge shadow with my outstretched hand on the ceiling. While he wasn't sure why he made the gesture, he said he felt as though there was this incredible reversal of the noises, and that he had now overcome whatever was in Louisville that night. Then, in 2021, Phil returned to Louisville in the summer with some friends, and by now, the building was an uninhabited shell compared to their visits in 1973 and 1975. The roof was down and the building was in poor condition. Ominously, someone had spray-painted on the wall, this house is haunted, this house is evil. Thank you for tuning in to Fog of Justice. What are your thoughts on this episode? <laughs>